Welcome to Band Book Club. Today we've got a special episode for you. We got to interview Ryan Estrada, one of the co-authors of Band Book Club. This is a graphic novel depicting Ryan's wife who grew up in a oppressive political regime in Korea where she was part of a band book club, you guessed it, and um, it's a very, very interesting read. And to this interview is going to be all about banned books, the recent controversy with Mouse, the graphic novel being banned, and just talking about how important it is to read banned books. So please stick around until the end. Make sure you like this video and subscribe. Well, first of all, thank you so much for joining us again. I mean, you're kind of at your peak right now, and we're just lucky to have you, especially as a banned book channel. I don't think we could have anyone better right now. You know, I think we we both just keep uh, seeing what the other's doing just on, on virtue of uh, Googling ourselves and yeah. having the same name. Yeah, I was worried uh, at the beginning there might be some copyright war down the way, but... <laughs> You, you've already eclipsed us so much. Yeah, it's just a, a huge honor, like I said, to have you. And uh, I wanted to congratulate you, first of all, uh, if you're not too tired of congratulations by this point, for the Eisner nomination. Thank you very much. That is amazing. I mean, I, I don't have too big of a background in graphic novels. I mean, I've always loved stuff like Watchmen and V for Vendetta and uh, The Killing Joke. Um, you know, stuff that graphic novels that lean into the literary side of things like yours. But uh, from what I understand, in that world, the Eisner is one of the most prestigious things you can accomplish. Yeah, it was exciting for me because, uh, you know, not just for me, like I grew up, like when I was six years old, I was applying for newspapers. I've always wanted to make comics. And like as a baby, knew I wanted to win an Eisner one day. It was it was a dream. But to have a book that I wrote with my wife, where it's me and her, who has no idea what an Eisner is, and is like calling her mom, being like, I don't know, we got nominated for an iBird Award or something. <laughs> Just the the balance of both of us now being Eisner nominees was uh, was really funny to me. Yeah, and I was thinking too the, um, that you wrote this thing with your wife, and the parallels there between that and Mouse, which is. Mm-hmm. All, what our episode's kind of about here too today is that was a influence on you i'm guessing yeah i i didn't even realize the parallels until we reread it recently um it's just uh you know there's a book i i enjoyed growing up but then uh when i was rereading it, all the conversations that uh he had with his father about writing the book were the exact same conversations we had about writing band book club where the father was like, you know, no one's going to want to read this. And that's what Hyunsuk was saying. That's what all the people we interviewed were saying, where they're like, nobody's going to want to read about our book club, but apparently people did. Yeah. And it's, it's such an interesting medium too, for exploring something that something traumatic that happened long ago. I heard Spiegelman in an interview, he was talking about what a, a graphic novel can do that, other sorts of uh, media can't like he said you're you're looking at all these panels at the same time your eyes going from left to right but you're looking at the pictures and you're constantly in the past but kind of inching towards the future and the story and 
I, I don't I don't think that story could have been told in any other way, just just like yours. I mean, it was just the form and the content perfectly matched each other. And that, I think that's one of the biggest achievements of this thing, too. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Mouse, especially because it has the two storylines of the son writing the story and the father living the experiences, having both of those on the page together and seeing how, you know, the in that, of course, in that drawing style, when they're drawn as mice, seeing how the young father and the son look so much alike, it kind of shows you the whole history as you look at a page. Yeah. So back to you a little more. Reading your bio on Amazon, I was I was thinking this this person's life makes Ernest Hemingway's life look boring. I mean, writers, as you m- might know, usually don't have the most interesting lives. But, I mean, I just got to read uh, some of my favorite highlights from this. Gator Wrangler in America, Ambassador to Australia, uh, Ghostbuster in South Korea, Bollywood star in India. And then it just gets crazier after that. Um, so I was I was wondering... How, did, how does this uh, life in all these different political and geographical climates, how did that influence your, your writing? And um, maybe how did it influence your opinions on censorship? Yeah, well, I mean, before I started traveling, like as a kid, I was very shy, not very outgoing. Um, and when I first started making comics, like the first comic I got published as a teenager – was about an orange cat who was too lazy to chase mice. And that's because my only life experience was reading Garfield. So I'm like, this is what you do when you make a comic. And I didn't really have any stories based on my own experiences. And then once I started traveling, which was just kind of on a whim because I graduated the same year that my industry, I studied animation, the entire industry got laid off that year. I had nothing to do. So I got a job teaching in South Korea and I enjoyed traveling. So I just kind of kept going. And, um, I got into a lot of strange situations just based on uh, traveling without being prepared. Um, and so all that stuff about being almost eaten by lions in, in uh, Kenya and being thrown from a train in India, just all these life experiences. Um, and as you mentioned, meeting all these people from all these different cultures, just really, uh, kind of changed my perspective and gave me a lot more things to write about. Even if I'm not directly writing about my experiences, being able to see how varied and unique the world can be and take it from there. Um, And just seeing so many perspectives, I I think really kind of puts into into perspective how much uh, there is to see and hear in the world and how important it is to experience and read things that, you know, maybe maybe you don't even agree with, uh, you just hear perspectives. And, um, you know, when I'm writing a character, when I'm writing a villain, I, I can draw on experiences of, of people I've liked, people I haven't liked and, and things that I've learned about history that are not so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of your influences or well, things that have influenced you, I've I've heard that again you're a big fan of mouse and I was wondering what does a piece of work like that mean to you uh, especially given all the recent stuff in the media that's been going on with mouse and Spiegelman and the censorship. Yeah, I mean there's so many 
books recently that that's it's just been this huge wave of book bannings that is kind of shocking because when we first started our book we thought oh this is some obscure bit of history i don't know if people will be into it um but and then after it came out it kind of history started repeating itself and especially there's a lot of comics that are uh being banned like a lot of the ones now there's like um drama uh by Raina telgemeier is being banned just because there's a, a a queer character in it uh things like um class act and new kid uh just because uh, it, it talks about racial issues, um, gender queer, this one summer, things like that. And, you know, no matter what book it is that a, a, a reader can relate to, you know, when a school says that this story is inappropriate for our school or for our library because of this character's background, this character's ideas, this character's uh, race, this character's gender, it's telling stories readers that are like that, that they are not appropriate. And it's kind of, um, you know, making kids feel like they don't belong and that they don't have stories that tell them that it's okay to be who they are. And that's, that's, what's really upsetting. Yeah. And it's, it's just a slippery slope too. I mean, not only does it hurt people, but I mean, you, you could end, we've seen this before in history, the more you tighten up on, censorship especially of books it leads sometimes it leads to a 1984 kind of situation so it's i mean it's just scary all around yeah and that's that's exactly what happened in south korea in the 1980s which is what our book is about they they purposely banned books not just about you know ideas they didn't agree with but like basically anything about politics was banned uh like they didn't want you they didn't want people reading books about democracy because they didn't want people looking and being like, wait a minute, you said we have democracy, but that's not, that's not what this book says democracy is. Um, and they, they just wanted people to think we're the government, we can handle it all. You don't worry your pretty little head about that stuff. And it led to a lot of people not opposing, you know, rights being taken away. And it was kind of the young people that stepped up and said, we're going to risk our lives to read these books and figure out what we're missing, figure out what other countries in the world are doing and what we're doing differently and how we can stop it. And that's why Korea completely changed from a dictatorship to a democracy. And it, it was all in the books that the government didn't want people to read. And one thing I think is so interesting about this book, um, coming from just an American perspective, is, uh, I mean, you what you were just talking about, the the trials the kids have in the book trying to read this stuff just the the stakes of that i don't think is something that is a regular american kid can really relate to but the book does such a a good job at making that feel real stay with us we'll be right back before we continue a quick interruption want to purchase the book we're discussing in this episode well, check out Bookshop. Bookshop is an online bookstore with a mission to financially support local independent bookstores. As more and more people buy their books online, Bookshop has created an easy, convenient way for you to get your books and support bookstores at the same time. Bookshop will give away over 75% of their profit margin to stores, publications, and authors. If you want to shop the books we've covered on the podcast, visit the link down below in the description. 
We do receive a small commission based on sales, so thank you for all your support of our channel and podcast. Yeah, it, it just throughout history, as history repeats itself, you know, the, you know, in America right now, it's not like you have to worry about police at the gate checking your bag and then throwing you in prison for having a book they don't like. But, uh, you know, the consequences in America right now are that they're, you know, they're threatening the jobs of librarians and teachers and um, making them feel like, you know, sometimes they have to self-censor, they could get in trouble and lose their career. There's always some sort of uh, punishment when people try to ban these books and uh, some some sort of danger for someone. And and yeah, in, in the book, I just, I, I wanted to show that this was not a dystopia. I tried to make it not a book about this dictatorship, but the politics were what I wanted to be interrupting the story, not what I wanted the story to be. Because I wanted to show this just happens in everyday life, that these things flare up and someone tries to take, you know, you know, create this fascist dictatorship. Um, you know, the, these kids are, are trying to worry about getting to class on time, getting good grades, keeping their scholarship, making friends, dating. And, but they also have to deal with this whole, you know, banned book thing, this, this, all these rules. Yeah. And that's what it felt like is, uh, I mean, cause this thing could have easily been come off as very preachy or overly political, but it, it really felt just like a story about a group of friends that were just thirsty to discover this new literary world. But uh, back to, to the kids themselves, and um, one thing that struck me was the titles that you were dropping in there, the stuff they were reading. I mean, it was stuff from literary fiction to uh, philosophy to um political books. I mean, it was just such a wide breadth of stuff. And I mean, all of them had in common, they were, they were both, I mean, they're all really good books. And at the same time, they were both, there were all these titles were very transgressive historically. Um, and you could see the, the government, you know, responding to that. And I was just wondering with that in mind, do you think there's some sort of inherent relationship between truth in art and transgression in art because we keep seeing this response over and over again where you know these same books will really cause a problem in all these different governments well i think it's just governments banning books that help them politically uh and you know that doesn't mean that these transgressive books are the only ones that have a, a truth worth listening to it's just that pe- people realize if i ban this it's either gonna keep people from thinking about this or it's going to uh you know stir up some drama and hatred here that's going to help me you know weaponize these people against these people and it's there's many reasons why uh why people ban books one of the most interesting ones um a book that was not mentioned in Ban Book Club that we're talking about in the sequel we're working on. Um, one of the books that was banned is uh, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? Uh, or What Do You Hear? Is that what it's called? Um, and I found out the reason was that uh, the author of it, Bill Martin Jr., 
the government of Korea mistook him for Bill Martin, the socialist philosopher. <laughs> so they banned a children's book about colors and animals because they confused, they just confused him with someone else. And then I also, when I was researching it, found out that the exact same thing happened in uh, Texas, like seven years ago, they banned the same book for the same reason, because they mistook one uh, writer for another. Yeah, and there there was a great scene in Banned Book Club where they were talking about Jack London and White Fang and how uh, another book of his, I'm, I'm forgetting the name right now. Uh, Iron Heel. Yeah, that, that was banned. But, you know, I read, we were reading Jack London in elementary school. So mm-hmm. it's, I mean... It's just amazing what they what they pick as threatening, but uh, it I think um, you you sum that up though perfectly with the this quote. So you got to wonder: Do they ban books because they see danger in their authors, or because they see themselves in their villains? I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was great. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Iron Heel had like one paragraph where they happen to mention that Korea had a dictator in this completely fictional, you know, future world. And so Korea is just like, wait, we can't go throwing the word dictator around. (laughs) So we have a lot of listeners who are just kind of dabbling in banned literature for the first time. And I was wondering what, what graphic novels or other banned books or art in general would you recommend for people who are just kind of dipping their toe into this sort of thing. I mean, the book well, itself is what, already a, has a great short list of that stuff, but if you just want to say any mm-hmm. on here. Yeah, the, in the book, we have a lot of things that were banned in 1980s Korea, but I think one of the most important things to do now, especially in the U.S., is to look into the books that are being banned there today. Um, I think if you just Google uh, Texas uh banned list. There's a list of 850 books that lawmakers are trying to get banned from schools and libraries now and trying to pass laws to punish teachers for reading them. Um, And that has a lot of the comics that I mentioned earlier, like drama, genderqueer, new kid, this one summer. And um, it's just a really fascinating list about, um, you know, that it's, it's mostly uh, banned for reasons about sex education LGBTQ issues, uh, race. And one of the most interesting things that I just noticed this morning was there's a book uh, by Nancy Garden called The Year They Burned Books, which is about uh, a school or a, a school district banning books. And, uh, and that was banned just for talking about that it's wrong to ban books. <laughs> wow. And it, I guess... From what I understand, most of the bans in the U.S. happen um, more in the South, too. Is, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess that's still the case. It's starting to spread all over. It's shocking because I, I have you know I have a the reason I, I hear so much about your podcast is you know I, I have a like a column uh, in TweetDeck that has anyone that mentions the word banned book club. And for years, it was just, I go and see what people are saying about my book. But all of a sudden, in the last month, it's blown up of, of people talking about banned books. Um, and it's happening all over the country in school districts and libraries. And some some are from one individual school, some are from a whole state. And it's, it's just blown up. I think there's a very concentrated effort to make this happen in as many places as possible right now. 
It's scary. I mean, does does the future of that of censorship in America worry you? And if so, what's what's the best thing you could do as a as a citizen to deal with that? Uh, I'm I'm of course worried and upset that this is happening, but I know just just as history repeats itself uh, by book bannings coming about, history is always going to repeat itself with uh, young people standing up, reading the books anyway, sharing the information. I think that's the best thing you can do is just um, see what people are banning and figure out why. Not just think about the motive motivations of the authors. But think about the motivations of the people who are banning it and what does the fact that it's banned say about the community you're in, the place that you're in, and what can you do to help solve the problems that that you come to think of it. Um, and as we mentioned earlier about how with Banned Book Club, we, we weren't sure if people could relate. As soon as we started writing it, before it even came out, we were hearing stories from uh, other people and friends, things they hadn't talked about, um, like it. We, I have a friend named Amy Rose who told us about she uh, she grew up in a cult in the 1990s in California. You're working and, on a book about that, right? Yeah, we are. Um, uh, once she started telling us a story, uh, I said we we should turn this one into a book. And um, but yeah, she the the cult basically told her that since um, since the world is going to end soon, there was no reason for her to study or read books, and she was banned from entering the library that they had. And it was only by sneaking in there, reading the book she wasn't supposed to read, not only learning the true history, like getting a book on India and finding out, oh wait, Gandhi wasn't a space alien like you told me, but also finding the books about the cult where, you know, in cults where it's like, you have to reach a certain level before you can get certain information and reading the books they didn't want her to read. She was too young for and that got her everything she needed to escape the cult. So I think that's kind of just this perfect example of how any situation you're in, finding out the information you're not supposed to know is going to help you. Uh, even if even if you read the, the book that's banned and you disagree with it, um, it's still the fact that someone didn't want you to read it is going to help you make your own decisions and get your own outlook on life. Yeah, that... That reminds me of another one of my favorite quotes from Band Book Club. You can learn a lot about history by figuring out what people wanted to hide. It, that's mm-hmm. it's so true. Like it's it's the government really showing its hand, kind of whenever it enforces something like that. But um, the thing I wanted to wrap up with here was just another thing that struck me when I was reading the book. So. I mean, Hyun Suk and her friends, the, one thing that really came through when you were reading was just that that joy you feel when, you know, you're younger and you you feel like you're entering into this new world and learning all this stuff for the first time. And it made me think about that in contrast with America today and just kind of the endemic illiteracy we have with uh, especially younger people and just this overall apathetic attitude, I think in most part that uh, Americans have towards literature. And um, I I was wondering what, what would you say to people who uh, are not really as interested in that sort of thing to, to speak to how important 
it is to at least, even if you don't like it, expose yourself to as much as many ideas as you can. Well, I think just to, it's it's important to listen to others just so that you just think about your own intelligence. Like you don't want to be a person who has one idea, even if even if you're dead set in the ideas you have listening to other people who have different perspectives can only make you better at explaining uh, the thing that you are certain is true. Um, and there, there is always the chance that you will hear a different point of view and uh, take away from it that maybe you need to reconsider your ideas, but in a very, in, in the most selfish way, maybe you're going to, uh, you know, learn something that will help you better establish and explain your own ideas. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Just tell us real quick, what are the main thing things you're working on right now and how can people find you? Uh, well, if you go to my website, ryanestrada.com, you can find everything I'm working on there and lots of free comics. Uh, of course, uh, you can check out Band Book Club in anywhere you get books uh it's available in english korean and spanish with lots more languages coming soon and then if you want more books about banned books we have a culted that i mentioned about the cult coming out uh later this year from iron circus comics and in uh 2024 we're gonna have no rules tonight which is the next uh story about hyunsuk and her friends oh great thank you and thank you for again for this wonderful book for expanding people's minds and um, for just fighting the good fight here with quality art and uh, against censorship. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. If you want more, be sure to check out our full episode on mouse over here. Make sure you like subscribe and share this video with your friends and family. And remember if a book is banned, it's worth reading. (laughs) 